Hi, this is Pete Neal Physical Therapy Podcast, a potluck of information and insights about the physical therapy profession from Filipino physical therapists around the world. In today's episode, I invited a colleague, a physical therapist, to talk about his experience working in the acute and outpatient physical therapy settings here in the U.S. He is Dr. Kenneth Adivino, Doctor of Physical Therapy from West Virginia. He finished his bachelor's degree in physical therapy from the University of Santo Tomas, his master's degree in human movement science from the University of Dalman, and his doctor of physical therapy degree in Arcadia University. He is also a certified autism specialist from the International Board of Credentialing and Continu- Continuing Education Standard. He is certified in vestibular and concussion rehabilitation from the American Institute of Balance. He talks about his experience working as an acute care physical therapist and his experience as an outpatient physical therapist. He compares his practice here in the U.S. from his practice in the Philippines. Come on, let's come and take a listen. Hi, welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure, all topped with a hearty conversation of physical therapy profession and practice. For today's episode, we have Kenneth Adivino, a physical therapist from West Virginia. He is uh, currently practicing in both acute care and outpatient setting. So, uh, welcome, Kenneth. Thank you, Owen, for having me here in your show. I'm so glad to be here on your show. And congratulations to your new podcast. Wow, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so we are here to uh, talk about practicing in different settings. And you're you're currently uh, working in both acute care and outpatient setting. Is that since uh, since you moved here in the U.S.? Yeah, or? that's that's right. I've been uh, working here in the United States for like four years, and um, I've been doing acute care and outpatient for the past four years. And so far, I've been liking it. All right. So before we move further with our conversation, um, could you describe um, briefly how you got into physical therapy oh i got into physical therapy because back in high school i've been wanting to become a doctor and so back in the philippines i thought as physical therapy as one of my pre-med course and then um when i finally got into physical therapy school that's when i started to like especially during my internship year when i started to see the improvements that i uh that my patients have so um that sense of fulfillment that i got from there um that made me decide just to continue practicing the profession Mm -hmm. so i think um you're the third third uh guest that i had that thought of that way like having a physical therapy physical therapy uh course as their pre-med then um then liking the course and not pursuing medicine um, yeah. So mm-hmm. when you, you when you moved here in the U.S., um, did you were you aware uh, that you will be practicing in both acute care and outpatient physical therapy? Uh, at first, I've always thought I'm going to do acute care because the name of my uh, employer is a hospital. I've never knew that they had an outpatient clinic, so I was really surprised that I will do both outpatient and acute care. But it's not really a big deal with me because the outpatient clinic is just right beside the hospital. It's just 
like a couple of feet away. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> unlike with some of my friends who are also doing both acute care and outpatient that they have to drive to the hospital just to get into their work. But in my case, I just have to walk so, to do my stuff. So yeah. it's, a really so it's con- not really a big, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you describe to, to us, because I'm not really familiar how the acute care uh, practice here in the U.S. is. So could you describe to us um, what acute care physical therapy is here in, in the U.S. as compared to how it, it is in the, in the Philippines when you practice there? Okay. Um, <clears throat> acute care in the Philippines, uh, in the United States, I mean, to my definition, is a stage in the rehabilitation process wherein the patient just had their injury or we could consider them as um, really having that illness or they're really weak or they're just being inflicted by that injury or that disease or by that surgery. So um, it's not much of a big difference with what we have in the Philippines. Maybe because back in the Philippines, especially with the bigger hospitals in the Philippines, um, you have the bedside physical therapy, you have the bring-to-center physical therapy, and then you have the outpatient physical therapy. I think the bedside physical therapy is synonymous to the acute care setting here in physical therapy where you see your patients like literally in their bed, you go to their room, do your evaluation, see them there, do, your, do the exercises in the room or do some hallway ambulation. I think that's what acute care of physical therapy is. You know, you see them <clears throat> doing their exercises with their IV line on, or you make them walk in the hallway with their IV line and with an assistive device, something like that. So basically, it's the same as what we do in the Philippines. Yeah, there. Um, so I can consider acute care physical therapy in the United States as similar to what the bedside physical therapists are doing in the hospitals in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, here in the, the U.S., as much as much as possible, they would like the patient to be discharged um, as quick as you can, like uh, three days, five days, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, because of the different settings in the United States, like you have acute care, you have inpatient rehabilitation hospitals, you have uh, skilled nursing facilities, you have outpatient clinics, mm-hmm. you have assisted living facilities, you have long-term care. And then you have home health. Mm-hmm. So acute care is the first stage in the rehabilitation process. Now, in the Philippines, we do bedside physical therapy. And while they're inside the hospital, you bring them to the facility to do their, what we call, bring-to-center rehabilitation. Here in the United States, we do not do that. We do not have like a bring-to-center kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um Usually, the patient just stays in the hospital for like three to four days or even and the most that I had was actually um, nine to ten months, but that patient is in the psychiatric ward, mm-hmm. so it's really um, hard for them to discharge that patient. But most of the time, the patient just stays in the hospital within uh, four to five days, and then as an acute care therapist, one of your role here is to be part of the discharge planning team. So once we discharge this patient, where should we continue the care? Should we continue it to the uh, inpatient rehabilitation? Should we continue the health care in the uh, skilled nursing or home health and the assisted living? Mm-hmm. As a physical therapist, you use your judgment to uh, your best clinical judgment to where the patient should go to continue um, his uh, 
recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. So hospital is the acute care setting. And mm-hmm. once the, the patient is discharged based on your assessment and the other rehab professionals assessment, then you discharge them to any of the subacute care setting, which is the, the skilled yep. nursing facilities, inpa- inpatient in rehab, <clears throat> or home health. Uh, I've worked in, in home health and um, uh, skilled, right now, skilled nursing facilities. So uh, we receive patients coming from hospitals, being discharged from hospitals. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how is it different from um, working in the outpatient setting now? in where you're working at and the outpatient setting practice in the Philippines. All right. So <clears throat> to be honest, um, the skills that the physical therapists are doing in the Philippines are not really much different from mm-hmm. what the physical therapists are doing here. What I mean to say by that is that, you know, physical therapists here, they st- they still do modalities, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they still do manual therapy. They use their goniometer to examine a patient. You know, but they still document the things that you know they did for the patient. But the way the treatment and the evaluation stuff is organized is, avec- is affected by several factors. The referral, mm-hmm. um, the insurance of the patient, or if you're in a direct access clinic, there's no referral at all. So it's just a walk-in facility. The patient can be seen by, <clears throat> by the physical therapist without actually a referral from a physician or a primary care provider. Right. So, because um, back in the Philippines, our, our setting goes something like the patient is seen by a rehabilitation medicine doctor or a physician or whatever physician that is. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor writes an order for physical therapy. And what I've noticed is that if it's a physiatrist or a doctor specializing in rehabilitation medicine, they actually really specify Uh the treatment that you will do for the patient. Uh Here in my practice in the acute care setting, uh, in the outpatient setting, um, you you informed our audience a while ago that I practice here in West Virginia. Uh Um, according to the law, West Virginia uh, has 100%, uh, the patients have 100% direct access to physical therapy, to a mm. physical therapist. Meaning? So that means they can come to a physical therapist without being referred by a, by a primary care provider or mm-hmm. a doctor or a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately the, uh, unfortunately, the insurance will not pay for the service if there's no referral from those kinds of practitioner. I see. So actually uh, from in just my point of view I it's just kind of like conflicting a little bit mm-hmm. unless you have your own private practice. Mm-hmm. So according to the law there's a direct access to physical therapy. So uh with my patients in the outpatient setting they have to be referred by a physician mm-hmm. or a nurse practitioner so that uh, their services can be billed mm-hmm. because if not, I won't be. I can still see them, but my services will not be billed or I will not be reimbursed. So I still need to get a prescription mm-hmm. for that one. Uh, okay, so so basically, what you're saying is uh, the practice is basically the same as the Philippines. Yep, it's what we're basically doing, the same. But uh-huh. the, the main difference is how we are uh, billing the patients because in the Philippines, we usually see patients. Uh, privately, meaning they're they're 
paying out of their pockets. Yeah. I don't see much um, insurance paying them, but there are some insurance mm-hmm. that pays for physical therapy in the Philippines as well. So, but here That's it's right. a big, de- big thing um, for like reimbursements and, and billing to, to exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and in the Philippines, if you uh, the patients that you see in the Philippines in the outpatient setting, since they've been seen by a doctor, and you know, as what you know, I've been a patient in the Philippines too. So, they, you get referred from one doctor to another. Mm-hmm. You undergo multiple tests. You undergo multiple ancillary procedures. So. Um, uh, so when the patient comes to a physical therapist, there is an exact diagnosis or an exact mm-hmm. pathological finding mm-hmm. for that patient. Mm-hmm. So let's say a patient with a knee pain with a history of like, say a trauma mm-hmm. is undergone like an MRI. So mm-hmm. the patient is diagnosed with an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the patient comes to the physical therapist in the Philippines, you already know that it's already an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Right. But here in the United States, um, what's happening is that um, because of the exact definition, or not exact definition, but I mean like there is a dis- distinct um, definition of the roles here of each medical professional. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and due to some insurance issues, sometimes the patient has no exact diagnosis yet, mm-hmm. even though that patient is already referred to for therapy. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes the patient would just say to their physician, I think I'll benefit from physical therapy. So mm-hmm. the patient will, uh, the doctor will just write a prescription for therapy without an exact diagnosis, diagnosis. without a ex- clear pathological finding. Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, I receive a lot of diagnosis with just diagnosis of knee pain, just diagnosis of low back pain. You don't know where that back pain is coming from. You don't know where that knee pain is coming from. Right. Um, and then most of the time, it's also because of some insurance limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of patients referred to me for physical therapy saying that when I ask them for their goals for physical therapy, they don't actually know what their goals is because um, what's happening is that uh, the insurance will not pay for their MRI mm-hmm. if they did not undergo physical therapy first. I see. So let's say your patient, let's say you have a basketball player mm-hmm. and then he uh, injured his ankle in a game mm-hmm. and he heard a popping sound. So you thought it could be an ACL tear or something like mm-hmm. that. So he goes to his doctor. The doctor thinks, yeah, it could be an ACL tear or some kind of a meniscal or ligamental tear. Mm -hmm. The doctor would want to do an MRI. But unfortunately, even the physician cannot do an MRI because his insurance will not pay for it unless he goes to a physical therapist first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when the patient comes to you, the diagnosis is just a knee pain. Mm -hmm. It's not an ACL tear. Mm -hmm. So I think the diagnosis code for uh, knee pain is M25.561562, something like Uh that. So that's the diagnosis that you're going to get mm-hmm. and as a physical therapist you have to uh help them recover even without that exact pathological finding from mm-hmm. the diagnosis so, so something like that mm-hmm. and uh let's say for example continuing from that um type of patient you get that type of patient knee pain and insurance would like for him to do physical therapy first before doing other ancillary procedures, how many visits are, are, are you allowed to see them before, um, uh, before 
before physicians going uh, eligible for an MRI. Yes. Okay. Some it depends on their insurance actually. Oh, okay, um, it's not uh it's not a state yeah, law. Yeah, it's or not something. it's it's not a state law. It really depends on the uh, policy holder. Okay. So uh it depends on what their policy states. Some mm-hmm. some insurances would be like okay, after 12 visits, once you're done with 12 visits of physical therapy, whether you recovered or not, you are now eligible for an MRI. Mm-hmm. Or with some insurances, after a month, two times a week for four mm-hmm. weeks. So that means eight visits. So it varies. It's not really like, you know, very uh, distinct uh-huh. per I patient. See. But uh, the way I see it, it's it's good for the uh, the physical therapy practice that way because yeah. it somehow validates the importance of physical therapy the role of the physical therapist in uh, um, diagnosing uh, pathology so yep. we are because we are trained in school to to be able to rule out or confirm certain diagnosis mm-hmm. through our tests uh, assessment evaluation mm-hmm. special tests so I, I guess that's a good thing for us that they are able to they, that the insurers uh the insurance companies would like the, the the patient to undergo physical therapy first rather than go through pro- possibly unnecessary ancillary procedures when exactly physical therapists can already address that that symptom okay so here's the thing uh based on studies because before i know physical therapists are not uh doctorate degree holders so mm-hmm. they're they're just bachelor's or master's degree holders. Yeah, back from, in the day. Back in those days. Mm-hmm. So when, and I know it's only the military physical therapists who are doctorate degree holders. Mm-hmm. So when back um, back in those days when the only doctorate, uh, when the only uh, physical therapists who are doctorate degrees are in the military, they've seen that when a, when a patient sees a physical therapist who has a doctorate degree, who has that ability to screen, who has that ability to do differential diagnosis mm-hmm. and design interventions based on the impairments and functional limitations of the patients. Um, they've seen a significant reduction in the cost of healthcare. Right, right. Because uh, it, just like what you've said, um, you know, these physical therapists are able to screen, to diagnose, uh, being able to identify um, the impairments and functional limitations without really having to undergo those kinds of procedures. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it highlights the role of physical therapy in improving the lives of these people. And I think that's why, you know, having a doctorate degree is, um, it's like necessary for this uh, profession. But I have to uh, say that here's the thing: um, in the outpatient cl- in the outpatient clinic or in the physical therapy realm, we do not really diagnose patients. Right, right. So we don't when when a patient's when a patient come into you with a knee pain, and you did your Lachman's test, you did your uh, what your anterior uh, anterior shift test, something mm-hmm. like that, anterior instability test. You do not really tell the patient, "Hey, you have an ACL." Tear. Right. But at the, at the never, back of our mind, we have an idea. Yes. What the pathology um, is. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. So, but the thing is, as physical therapists, 
you are actually the uh, preferred provider for movement and exercise. Mm -hmm. So if there are things that you think that are beyond the scope of your practice, right? that's when you refer the patient back to his or her physician. Mm -hmm. And as your role as a physical therapist, that's where screening and differential diagnosis would come into play. But most of the time, we usually do, because those two things, uh, those things are different. Differential diagnosis is really exactly different from screening. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, what we do really actually is screening. Mm -hmm. Because it's not really our role to diagnose a patient based on his pathology. Right. Okay. So, so we screen them, but we can't we, we really screen, diagnose them. Yes, we can't really die. We screen them, but we cannot diagnose them based on their pathology. Right. But, but we can diagnose them with their impairments and functional limitations. Right. Like difficulty in walking, difficulty, difficulty in walking, day. jumping, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So right. here's the thing. Um, for billing purposes, again, mm -hmm. when a Let's say, for instance, this one is a knee replacement. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the medical diagnosis is knee replacement. Right. When you when you document, you don't just write their knee replacement mm -hmm. or the ICD-10 code for the knee for the knee replacement. You have to put there a rehab diagnosis uh -huh. because R you are not yeah R62 or M25.561 something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, for those who are not aware of the ICD-10 codes. The ICD-10 codes are a big list of all the diagnosis, of mm -hmm. all the illnesses, of mm -hmm. all the issues that medical, even psychiatric or even psychological issues that the patient has. You will mm -hmm. even have a diagnosis for a uh, peck by a chicken, hit by yeah. a lightning, right, right, a trouble with the in-law, something like that. So also with a specific um, laterality laterality so mm. that's what the icd-10 code is all about so if for i think for knee replacement i think it begins with a z96 something like yeah, that yeah so if it's a knee replacement so if you just write in write in your note total knee replacement z96 blah 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 whatsoever the insurance will not pay you for that because you mm. are not really addressing the knee replacement itself mm -hmm. you are yeah. addressing the functional limitation or the impairment that comes from the knee replacement so you have to put in there to a rehab diagnosis so mm -hmm. and what are the usual rehab diagnosis for someone who has knee replacement the r26.2 the difficulty mm -hmm. with walking um gate and mobility yeah any mobility m25.561 knee pain left mm -hmm. i don't know is that the left or the right i forgot mm -hmm. but something like that so so as physical therapist you will uh, you will not get a specific diagnosis right. in the outpatient most of the time. Mm -hmm. Although you can still get a specific diagnosis, especially if the patient has undergone several tests. If you're mm -hmm. gonna ask me why are some patients have undergone have undergone several tests, the others have not. It depends I on their insurance. It depends on their insurance. It depends also on the clinical reasoning of their physician. Mm -hmm. So it comes from a lot of factors. Some physician mm -hmm. would really want the patient to uh, have that ancillary procedure that mri but unfortunately they're also limited by the insurance so you know so as a physical therapist if a patient comes comes into you with knee pain you have to not just examine them for their knee pain you also have to examine them or to screen them actually for mm -hmm. other pathologies that could come with the knee pain mm -hmm. so um say for instance a patient would uh 
say that yeah i have a knee pain but it feels like my calf is also hurting mm-hmm. and so from there you have to screen the patient for dvds they're like a blood clot is it mm-hmm. a torn achilles tendon as well something mm-hmm. like that so you have to screen them for that too and if you see something that could be beyond the scope of physical therapy or you are kind of doubtful with the diagnosis mm-hmm. that you have in your own. That's when you refer the patient back to the doctor. So, so easier said than done. So do I, if the patient complains of something else other than knee pain, do I just refer them back to the doctor? No. Mm-hmm. You really have to exercise your clinical reasoning skills because again, if you send them back to the doctor, that's another insurance stuff. Correct. It's another reimbursement issue. Mm-hmm. So you really have to exercise, uh, exercise your clinical reasoning skills. Whether do I need to refer this patient like ASAP, like right now? Stop the mm-hmm. treatment, stop the evaluation, refer the patient right now to the doctor, or refer the patient back to the doctor. But I can still see the patient for an examination, but postpone mm-hmm. the treatment, mm-hmm. or refer the patient back to the doctor, but I can still continue with the evaluation and treatment. Right. So it's not right. an urgent kind of referral. Mm-hmm. So you have to exercise your best clinical reasoning and judgment when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Meaning you have to be really quite familiar on uh, red flags to red flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red flags when when to refer mm-hmm. a doctor. Uh, when when to refer back to when to refer when to refer the patient back to the doctor uh-huh. or. Is it really the doctor that you need the patient to be referred to? Or a you specialist. Might need to ref- or, or, yeah. or do you need to refer the patient to an orthotist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You found out that there's like a leg length discrepancy that cannot mm. be corrected by manual therapy techniques. Right, right. But so, in those cases, do you try to address uh, what you can first and see what you can do? Or once you see that there are um things that that's out of your scope do you refer immediately back to a different specialist or a doctor yeah i have had a lot of again again it varies so yeah you will it depends have to on use the situation best, it depends on the situation you really have to exercise your best judgment when it comes to that so say for instance i had a patient before with back pain uh-huh. and he said when i screened him for other stuff um have you been having difficulty in urinating lately? Mm, and he right. said, yes. Mm. How would you describe your back pain? Oh, I cannot really pinpoint where the exact pain is. It's all around my back. And then sometimes it shoots, shoots all the way down to my testicles. So mm. from then I said, okay, I think we got to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we got to stop. Because? Yep. You might need to go to the doctor now because I don't know. Uh, there could be some urinary issues that could be going on. Mm-hmm. So I did not really tell the patient that you have a kidney problem. Uh-huh. You don't do that because that's beyond your scope of practice. Right, right. You just tell them that the back pain could be a result of other factor and may mm-hmm. not be coming from the back pain itself. Right. Or I mean, from the bones back. of the back or the muscles, muscles of the back itself or the ligaments of the back mm-hmm. or the nerves of the back or right, whatever. Right. It could be another source of issue that mm. needs immediate concern. Did you follow up with that, that uh, patient? Did he yeah. find out? So what happened with yeah. that patient? Apparently, apparently, the patient really had a kidney stone. Oh, see, okay. That's re- that, that really shows how important our screening and our skill is. Our in screening, our screen. mm-hmm. I think 
Mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, the insurances are trusting us. Yeah, trusting us so much because see if you if they send that patient immediately to like a CT scan mm-hmm. or I mean like uh, or let's say for instance let's say a patient who really had a back pain uh, uh, let's say musculoskeletal origin of back pain let's mm-hmm. say just a simple muscle strain mm-hmm. you know that can be addressed by physical therapy even mm-hmm. though you did not do X-rays or MRI right so that already saved. You know, the several patient dollars. And the, the patient, uh, several, and the insurance company, several uh, dollars. You know, because mm-hmm. you don't know also if the patient will need physical therapy later on for another body region. Correct, correct. Yeah. So that saves them a lot of dollars too. So, mm-hmm. so in that sense, you know, um, the efficiency of the physical therapist in uh, screening patients for other issues is mm-hmm. really of an utmost importance here because it would for economical reasons it would really save the insurance and the patients several dollars for that yeah, one yeah for their copay yeah so um, copay. And, uh... thank you for listening to the first part of my conversation with kenneth adevino make sure to come back for part two as he describes his experience working in the emergency department and how important the, the role of physical therapist is in the acute care setting and a lot lot more so for now goodbye and see you again <laughs>